Austin. Welcome to From the Bone Vault, coming to you live from below Midnight Lair. I'm Gil. And I'm Levi. And I'm Justin. And tonight, we have watched Flash! Ah! Flash Gordon. And we have a very <laughs> special guest. Introducing Karen Folda. Oh, thank you. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Karen, welcome. Hey. Karen, Karen is coming to us uh, to join us. Uh, she watched Flash and she jumped up and down with glee when we actually <laughs> brought out there that we were going to watch this film. Uh, Karen, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I am a writer for Midnight Lair. <gasps> Before I started doing that, though, I was actually in radio for many years and I did a lot of comedy writing, production, um, nationally syndicated stuff, and I still do production at home, and I'm also a singer, actress, I do improv, and musician. Yeah, she has 13 levels in bar, guys. I don't know if you just knew that. That's just that's a thing she has. <laughs> yeah, Karen's a good friend and uh, one of the writers for Midnight Layer, and we were absolutely tickle pink that she wanted to come do this, this film yes. with us, and gosh, this film is great. <laughs> Like we always do, guys. Hey, Levi, hit me with some facts. All right, Gil. Um, first of all, uh, <laughs> the producer of this film, uh, Flash Gordon, is Dino De Laurentiis. He's a prolific Italian producer from the 1960s and the 1970s. And he saw how popular Star Wars was and he thought, hey, I could do something like that. And yeah, something like that. Yeah, something <laughs> like that, but with his own special Italian uh, flair. And he brought in his friend Lorenzo Semple Jr. to write the show. Uh, to write the movie, excuse me. And Simple actually had a history. He had developed the 1960s Batman TV show. So that might speak a oh, little yeah. bit to some of the tone that the movie has. Okay. Yeah, I see that now. Yeah. <laughs> and I absolutely see that now. Yeah. <laughs> there's, some spaghetti, there's some spaghetti Western to yes, it, too. For sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's the Italian influences, I'm sure. And uh, one interesting thing is that... Dino De Laurentiis didn't speak English, and so he had his translator read the scripts to him, and the translator wasn't very good. And so when he read them, he didn't read them exactly right, but uh, De Laurentiis didn't really care. He just to told the writer that he w didn't want to get distracted with the words, he just wanted to know what the story was. So I, mean, I guess he was fine with it. You can, you can kind of tell. Yeah. I mean, you really can't. But Gil, it doesn't stop there. This is a bona fide uh, Tower of Babel situation almost. Um, because we had the designer, um, Delino Donati. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But oh, he was like responsible. We'll get, e we'll get emails if you didn't okay. you know that. Um, he was responsible for the look of the film, which I think is spectacular. And he didn't even read the scripts. So um, sometimes his sets didn't exactly match what they were going to shoot that day. But um, also to add another layer of this, he didn't speak English. The writer didn't speak Italian, so they conversed in French. Well, the set, the sets, obviously, like they're heavily influenced from different things because this is after I'm thinking this is after the uh, 2001 movie, right? I, I believe. believe so. um, yes, I believe it was. Yeah. There's like a scene where there's a, a white hallway that looks very Kubrick. There's that planet that looks like the Ewok mm -hmm. planet. Um, <laughs> right. It's like the three houses. Yeah, that would be Endor there's, before we get yet another flood that's of Arboria. Arboria. Um No, the, it's no. not. It, but but it's not Endor. It's Endor's moon. Endor is the, the system. Oh. 
Um, Boom, Gil. Oh. I got schooled. Sorry, I'll be <laughs> over here in the corner. But but no, like there's a bunch of other sets though. The swamp set was just I guess that was like Dagobah sort of I don't know, but that was actually later than this too, so that wouldn't be correct. But it's yeah, there's a lot of weird sets that are yeah. obviously influenced by other things. Yeah, and it, you can kind of tell in some of the action that maybe it was meant to happen somewhere else or in a different setting. <laughs> but I think it all kind of comes together. Um, the director Mike Hodges. Uh, He was a British director and he was able to tap some really good British actors to be in this movie. And he was known kind of for his harder crime stuff and to bring him back a little bit to uh, some other Bone Vault stuff we've done. He actually wrote, produced and directed the Terminal Man movie, which we haven't touched on, but it it's a movie that was adapted from Michael Crichton's book. And uh he also had directed the uh, 1971 version of Get Carter, which had Michael Caine, which is an hmm. excellent uh, gangster film if you want to watch it. Like young Michael Caine? Yes, uh, yeah. as like he was in 1971. <laughs> yeah. And then we, we didn't mention Dalton. Well, we're g- coming to the cast right now. He was one of the uh, one of the British actors that the director was able to tap because of his ties. Yeah, we have uh, we have we had Lord Rathalon on there. Yes. <laughs> uh, who was, and then I don't know if you know this, the guy with the beard who was a, one of the bird people is actually a uh, boss Nash oh. uh, slash. <laughs> um, if you ever seen Peppa Pig, Grandpa Rabbit. Get out. Oh wow! Get out. <laughs> Greg caught that one. He's like, that's Grandpa Rabbit. I did Rabbit. not catch no, that. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's Topol, right? That's Clytus. No, uh, uh, I mean, not Clytus. Um. Crap. No, the Voltron. Volt, Voltron. Yeah. No, no, no. The Brian actor. Blessed? The actor is Prince Voltan. Brian, Brian Blessed. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Blessed. blessed. Okay, it's Blessed. Well, who's Topol? Maybe I'm getting my guys mixed he up. He played Sarkov. I think my Topol actors was Doctor Sarkov. Yeah, Doctor Z. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So that's we right. I got my actors mixed up. So we have in the the titular role we have Sam J. Jones as Flash Gordon. We have Melody Anderson as Dale Arden. We have Max von Sydow as Ming the Merciless. Who did not lose a bet, which I was very surprised when I saw that. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a that was a realized performance. So, we, so yeah, Justin, what was that like for you when you first watched this and realized, knowing other films he's been in, like that's Max von Sydow? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, Greg pointed that out like at the very end of the movie. But one of the things that we, we the thing we were caught up in was like Greg is like super into history. And so when the Ming thing started, he goes, oh, like the Ming Dynasty. But it doesn't just stop there. There's a whole bunch of comparisons to the Ming Dynasty. In the very beginning of the movie, when they come in, they offer tributes. Well, to be seen in the Ming Dynasty, you had to offer a tribute. Oh, wow. And that's another thing Greg pointed out. So, like, they basically just copied that. And then it also slips into, like, Iron Man territory. He starts to become the Mandarin at one point. He has the rings and the magic and, like, it's it's all over. I do wonder which one came first now that you you say it. Well, that was... Unfortunately, kind of a trope in uh, old, like, pulpy comics and trades. Like, I think uh, The Shadow has a... I know the movie in the 90s. Oh, we whole time. Time. We cannot bring that film up without having seen it first on the show and actually review it. (laughs) I cannot even... But I think it was kind of a trope to have the sort of, like, Asian-ish mystic evil guy. Yeah, it's the ball and yellow Exactly, right, yeah. Oh, but uh, Max von Sydow is our Star Wars connection, besides George Lucas. Did y'all know that? 
Oh, that's right, because he was in. He's in the newest film, right? He's in the Force Awakens. He plays Lor Santeca. That's right. Oh, there you go. We didn't catch from, that one. From the bone vault, finding connections and things <laughs> you never knew. <laughs> oh, when you, I mean, oh, so yeah. uh, I was going to say back to Ming. The 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 man Mandarin character was introduced in '64, so he's about 20 years older than the oh, movie. Oh wow! So they might have drawn from that. Well, too. remember well, this was yeah. drawn from. Yeah, go ahead, Lee. Well, yeah, you're literally about to go for it. You probably have a little better data. <laughs> than <I do> <laughs> Not really. I was just going to say uh, that Flash Gordon did come from a comic strip and. Um, I know that uh, I have a special edition of the DVD and they have a uh, the first episode of the serial on there. And I know that was released in like 1936 or something sometime in the 30s. And the uh, I don't know exactly when the comic was out, but um, it was before that right around that time. So. My my father mentioned it when he was a kid. So that's the 40s. Yeah, that was Buster Crab, wasn't it? The Mm -hmm. the playing Flash. Um. It was yeah. a weird. That was a weird watch. Yeah, I gotta say because I watched See, some things watched from that, that era, and even then I was, oh, it was good. I don't. Oh, I'm no, not trashing on it kid, in the slightest. As a kid, I watched it. There was a children's yeah. program growing up in Baton Rouge, um, Buckskin Bill, and he played um, ah, the Flash yeah. Gordon serial, and um, that was one thing I thought was so funny when I finally saw the movie. It was almost like Dorothy landing in Oz. I had seen the <laughs> right. black and white, and growing up watching the black and white, and it's in oh, it's in color. That's awesome. <laughs> It's funny you said that um, the, the Baton Rouge, like, I just heard the accent. I was like, okay, that makes sense now. <laughs> oh, yeah, you didn't like, know Karen was also a Louisiana native. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You, you and Gil and my mom and like, everybody <laughs> from over there. So. It's my wife's family, but too. I was going to say that um, the, the movie is very, like, fast-paced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the pacing it does, is like it, they're hauling it, ass. Till the last stuff. 20 minutes. Well, it, it's... It's got diehard pacing where there's no right. first act. Like the <laughs> first act is literally dive like... right into it. Yeah, the, the first act is literally like the first five minutes of the movie. They're like, we're on a plane. The plane clashes. We're on a rocket. The rocket crashes. Well, and it's like... I especially like that scene where Flash came out and was barefoot and just gripping the grocks with his feet and going, I'll be damned. <laughs> and s- yeah. since we're at the beginning of the movie and we were talking about Star Wars, did you guys catch the other Star Wars connection in those first few scenes? Maybe I didn't. Um, when we come in on Zarkov's uh, uh, offices there, and he and his assistant Munson are working, did you recognize Munson from anything? Oh yeah, he's he's Lieutenant. Oh hold on, hold on. Blue, blue something or other. One of his call. Blue, one of the blue. Call I don't remember signs, his right? sign, oh. but he's uh, Lieutenant yeah. Porkins from Star Wars, and he was also Eckhart from Batman, which is basically a Harvey Bullock Eckhart yeah. analog character. And he was also that dude in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark that says top men at the end of the movie. Top, top men. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he he's a very prolific uh, guy in movies that I watched when I was younger. His okay. name is William Cartledge. He's one of those cartilage characters yeah. that holds the I'm glad we together. all got that reference. Like, all oh, top men. I know. <laughs> it's great when you can say two words. <laughs> top and, men. And, and people know me, it. You know the Rocky Horror connection. You did pick up on that. I did not. Well, I'm going to let you know right now. I've never seen Rocky Horror. Like, oh, you'll always scold me for I it. Do. I've never seen I it. I do. I so. jump him every time he says it. I'm like, you need to watch and that. And I've seen it once, like years ago. I'm sorry. Let me think about it. Rocky Horror Connection. Rocky Horror Rocky Connection. Horror. Hold on. I'm going to catch it. <laughs> Was it all the eyeshadow on all the women? <laughs> Now, I guess give it to us, Karen. What was the Rocky Horror connection? Richard O'Brien is in it. He played Fico. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm an idiot. 
Uh, <laughs> and I, I didn't even I, recognize I, I never get these. I always, voice. I always forget these. Um, so, okay, so I guess let's take the film itself. I mean, we've got all these pieces that, that surround it and all the things that come together. But really, the, the, the topic du jour is the film. And the score when this movie kicks oh. in that and I've, I've, I brought, I've done this on the end of last episode and I just loved it. That is iconic. We, you know who wrote the score, right? Queen. Oh, yeah. Exactly. My like when the movie band. started, I was like, this is obviously right. Queen. Like, there's no way that's anybody else. It's Queen or somebody pretending to be Queen right. very well. I mean, these guys wrote the anthems that of 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 victory. I mean that 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 line from Epic Rap Battles was a hundred percent accurate. These yeah. guys know how to write kick ass, <laughs> energizing music, and you're in the best, from the beginning. Yeah, the best part of that the, of that theme is that they will play it twice in the movie. They play it at the very beginning, and then near the end, it starts. It starts like twenty minutes. Yeah, in the it just doesn't stop. Sort of it's just like, a drum beat yeah. in the background, and, and Greg was like, "Oh, the song's back." I was like, "No, the song never stops. <laughs> yeah. The song has been going on under every just theme. Up the it's just a really bit and brought it back yeah. up." And here's the it's thing: really quiet. I don't care. I, I could listen to that soundtrack through oh, no. the entire film. Oh. That except, boom, 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 it's an amazing song. Through the, the whole film, mm-hmm. loved it. Absolutely loved it. This this is the best movie we've done yet. I'll say that like, <laughs> right off the top. Like this is. you liked it. Movies bonkers. (laughs) While we're talking about the music, I think Karen mentioned something to me, and I think we share a similar story on how we came to this film through the music. Uh, Do you Mm want to share your story, Karen? And I can see how closely mine aligns. Well, I was a huge Queen fan, and long Mm -hmm. before I ever saw the movie, I bought the soundtrack because I. That's how much I loved Queen, and I had yeah. that thing memorized. Wait, wait, so you had listened to the soundtrack before you even saw the film? Probably eight years before I ever saw the movie. I probably <laughs> saw too, it like, on HBO or something. That's me too. awesome, guys. Yeah, that is awesome. But they captured it so awesomely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really wasn't yeah. that much off from my imagination. Right. And in the soundtrack, they included, and it was Queen's idea to include some of the dialogue to give people a better idea of what was going on. It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. That's why I knew some yeah. of the lines of the movie when I saw it for the first time. Uh-huh. Flush Gordon approaching. Open fire. <laughs> I do. I do not. <laughs> Love it. That's my wedding right there. <laughs> I do there, not. There's some, there's some very away. like amazing line reads. There's oh, some very, uh, there were choices in this favorite film that I was one, very happy about. Oh, let's just get this out of the way now. Yeah, oh. yeah. Favorite line of the entire film. Die! Die! <laughs> I love that. I, I think uh, I, I think Brian Blessed just decided he was going to do whatever he wanted. <laughs> oh my gosh! Because he ate every scene he was an, in. He didn't chew it up. He oh, yeah, there's an entire scene where he speaks like Bane, and it's never done again. He goes from one accent to another. You could teach no bird new tricks. <laughs> He gets the remote for that panel yeah. thing, and it's just like laughing maniacally. And I'm like, it's not even a fair fight. It's like a Mario Party game. People are just trying to control this thing. And oh, that scene was great. Oh, and well, okay, sometimes so it, it, it was like, okay, how Richard Harris could I be? I mean, it was yes. just so <laughs> over the top. It was and amazing. Then Dalton was very muted. Like he almost he wasn't full Dalton yet. 
But I was feeling like yeah, he was still he wasn't, acting his ass yeah. off in this film, though. But wasn't it Dalton that was like always like slapping women in James Bond movies and choking them and stuff? Like it wasn't like <laughs> he was a Nazi and like, a rocketeer. I ain't working with no we're, Nazi. We're introduced to. We're introduced to Dalton by him calling this woman a bitch, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Greg was like, whoa. No, 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 no. But it wasn't just a bitch. It wasn't that it was you bitch. (laughs) He he ate that word as he said it. He just chewed on it before he spat it at her. Oh, my God. I I couldn't believe it was Dalton when I first saw him. I was like, he looks kind of like a a young... What's his face? This was Sans Stash, right? This is no, this is no non-Stash Dalton, right? He was, he was baby face. He has a stash. He has a stash. Okay, okay. He has, he has borrowed the stash from uh, Burt Reynolds, apparently. <laughs> and Tom Selleck. Yes. And Tom Selleck. It's both. Yeah, Magnum P.I. It's they're looking for it on the set. Edie's mustache. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he's like a Magnum P.I. Robin Hood. That weird Von <laughs> yeah. shirt. That I got to tell you, going to the costumes. I mean, they set oh, the, the 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 choices they made on these costumes were amazing because Love in them. any other context they would have been the craziest, most garish things you've ever seen. But they were perfect for mm-hmm. creating that otherworldly feel. Right. Of, of well, each person had their own style, and when you're in that the right before the football game. Um, <laughs> oh, that's amazing! That, the, that the big best. gathering of everybody being yes. there. You see all these different styles and everything from these different worlds, and they really feel like yes these are part of a, a cosmology yes these are space aliens but they have their own unique identity mm-hmm. well it, it's kind of funny because like, the two things about that scene so we come in that scene and that's the first time you get to see like all the little different races of mm-hmm. aliens and so the movie's like super racially insensitive <laughs> but it's not like calling attention to it and like oh these people were evil there's like a bunch of African dudes that look like the Zulu tribes by the way the head African guy because does anybody know who that is George Harris that is the minister of magic from the end of the Harry Potter oh, movie she, yes it is he's also, he was the head aura he's also the boat captain on Raiders of the Lost Ark Indiana Jones. Yep. Yeah, the guy that betrays and so, him. So mm. that guy gets stabbed, and then there's also <laughs> the, Prince of the bird people. Oh, yeah. He bled. Yeah, hey, bird, he bled blue to stop me. Blue yeah. blood. And, and and the bird people come in, which I was like super. Well, me and Greg were both very excited about the bird people because the Rick and Morty like, they have the same exact costumes as yes. Bird Person has. <laughs> yes, like I was like Bird Person. They're like they're his little race this or is whatever. Exa- that is exactly where the inspiration for Bird Person came was this movie. <laughs> oh, but I mean, bird, you know pe- what? bird people have been in in culture and other stuff like the harpies and, and like every mythology has had what, them. But that's a what's funny is line. that you say that they got the influence from there, and I just thought it was a coincidence. But like I can look at my little bird person like pop statue or a picture of him uh-huh. that costume is exactly uh-huh. what they're wearing like uh-huh. it's down to a T so they they meant it to be that way but um so it, it, we we jumped we're jumping around the, the film a little bit one thing I want to make sure we touch on at the top and you, you right before we were recording you touched on this a little bit Justin How'd you like that panel of the shit that men can do to a place? Yes! <laughs> oh, the, the the first thing that I wrote was hot hail. There like, it is. The fuck is. Like, what the fuck is hot hail? That's like Jim Cantori's dream right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Guys, I, mean, I apologize now. I've got a bit of a cough tonight and I'm trying to work with it because these guys are and, killing me. <laughs> And then after that, there's a, a rocket inside of a person's greenhouse slash lab, mm-hmm. 
which what kind of scientist is he? He has a laboratory in there with like rocket science stuff. He's got um, bot- uh, botany stuff going on. It's a great. It's a he has so many different things going on in that in that room. I mean, you look at the background behind Zarkov and all his experiments. Like I was trying to yeah. figure out what he was actually like. His experiments went to this whole. I figured this out. I'm this really smart guy. I know this bad thing's coming. I've got to get off the planet. I made a rocket. Cool. Mm-hmm. But what the hell else was he making? He's trying to be every there, Batman villain ever at the same there's time. There's more experiments in that room. Like there are more experiments in that room than there are in that room in Gremlins too. And it 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 looks almost like. Like, uh, they're like, oh, he's a scientist. What kind? I don't know. Just throw all the science to a wall with a wall, a mad sticks. scientist. And Just what scientists do. Scientist. They do things. <laughs> he's the kind of scientist that Scully is a doctor, which is to say she can work on any creature. <laughs> when it's relevant to the oh plot. So, you know, they, when they, attack the, they attack the Earth. They get in the plane. They land. What made Flash, when he got out of the rocket, go, hi, and just put the hand up there to get it shook by this weirdo in a red outfit? I mean, because he's a child, just, Gil. That's, Flash is super progressive. Just, he's very accepting the of other cultures. Movie. Okay, I'm good. He's lying. He's very, he's very accepting of other cultures, and he's, like, super friendly. He plays for the Jets, everybody. He's a football and player. That. Really? Some, I never, never saw that in the film. very friendly, yes. <laughs> true, true, true. Flash, Flash's jaw was also frightening. I was, I was shocked no, when people attacked him. No, Flash's jaw was had its own credits in the film. I don't know what you're talking about. It's there. You notice, it, though, that Flash's voice didn't match most of the time. Yeah. Did he ADR his own lines or did they ADR someone else in? No, he apparently had a falling out with, I believe it was the producer, De Laurentiis, and he didn't come back for his looping sessions. So there was one line, I can't remember what it was, but there was one line where I I think it was his actual voice, but the other lines in the film, I think pretty much entirely are are looped by another actor. Wow. Yeah, really? Because some, I couldn't do yeah, one line he has. Yeah. Yeah. He had kind of a, like a... An accent, a different accent, I guess. Um, yeah, was it not American enough for them? But Crystal came in at one you point. You don't sound like you came from Ohio. You need to step that up. <laughs> she made a comment that at least it wasn't like Mono's Hands of Fate. Oh, my God. Where they just had to record everything over. <laughs> but then later in the movie, there's a fight scene between a bunch of women and a harem. And I was like, this is just like Mono's Hands of Fate. <laughs> like, all over again. <laughs> Well, my, yeah, uh, oh my God, there's so many things to talk about in this movie. Oh, I know. The moon? The moon. No one's mentioned the moon? <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, the moon. It it becomes Majora's Mask for a minute. The moon's going to crash into the <laughs> earth if that. they don't stop it. That was, uh, oh, I didn't even make that connection. I wonder, I'm trying to think of the first sci-fi property I can remember where the moon crashing into the earth was. Doctor Who. Was it Doctor, you think it was Doctor Who first? I'm sure there were probably others. I don't know. In Doctor Who, the Silurians were... Oh. The, the moon came out of the Earth. This was one of the earlier Doctor Who things was that they go back in time and there's no moon yet. And there's something... No, sorry. That's, that's it wrong. It was an egg. Something's approaching the Earth. Something's approaching the Earth. No, this is like in the 60s. And the Silurians go underground to hide and go like into hibernation sleep. Yeah. And it was the moon that came down as an asteroid and it caught in the Earth's or- orbit. And instead of destroying the planet, it just sits there. And so they went to sleep to hide from it, not realizing it wouldn't destroy the planet. 
planet. So hmm. that was an early Doctor Who thing, but I don't know. That's like the 60s or 70s somewhere. And this has been your Doctor Who moment with Justin. <laughs> <laughs> well, bringing Thank up Doctor Who, though, a lot of the, the effects and the costumes and um, kind of harken back to like the 70s Doctor Who and also yeah. with Battlestar, the 1970s Battlestar Galactica. It's yeah. like, who knew there was so much gold lame out in space? <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's Whoa. everywhere. If your costume didn't have it, you were not an important character. Exactly. That's true. To be truthful, like in the 60s, we didn't know what color people were wearing in Doctor Who episodes. So true. the Time Lord costumes look like Ming's costume, but they also <laughs> it also looked very Asian. And then the, I loved um, his the costume. Guess who was the, a Time Lord? Every, yeah. every co- the, <laughs> if that the was gas the case, mask. Well, he did put himself into the uh, into the ring at the end. I'm just saying, he could be <laughs> like the master. The gas mask thing also got me too. Like oh, the yeah. little gas mask guys. Yeah, they were. There was a there was a, a line early on when they saw a shot of Hitler, and they go, "He had the right idea." Yuck, and yuck. then they had the gas masks on, and like it was sort of like the uh, the World War One mustard gas. Like you'd have that right. suit on running around, right? And so that was kind of a cool thing. They they had like, oh, they a lot of different designs. If we're talking about the designs on the aliens, what about those weird ass lizard people Ugh. where the face was inside oh, the no. mouth? Oh man, the midgets. That was weird. The midgets. <laughs> the rainbow midgets. The, yeah, yeah. I I did not. And the black and white people, like the literally white and literally, the literally like, like black. Down the middle. Yeah, the monochrome. Mm-hmm. The monochromes. The monochrome. And the condom people of <laughs> Trojan Seven. <laughs> Oh my god, the mono- yeah, the condom the, people. They had full length the body co- condoms. <laughs> the monochromians. The monochromians. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would be, be too obvious to call them Trojans. Yes. The Trojans, <laughs> there you go. Nailed it. Oh, oh there's so, so much, so much. I, I'm looking so. through, yeah, I'm looking through the, I, I'm just trying to remember every all the little bits and pieces. I mean, there was well, there's so all much. The, and, and like the okay. random violent things, I guess, to jack up the... Um, the rating um because at one point like the guy uh oh in the scene where they're trying to uh bring down the um shield stop the lightning bolts and they go yes you said dude uh, yeah and and they go and these guys around this table again then he goes take it off of his hand and he rips it off and they just do this close-up shot of these burned out eyes Ah, and just just this random oh we need more violence in here so we can justify not making let's let's have the entire yeah let's have the entire table just burn out and fall over where everyone (laughs) dies right now i said that i said they were networked together like christmas lights where you know one just goes out and everybody just falls (laughs) apart <laughs> but I wanted to say she's uh, Ming you mentioned violence Hallmark. and um early in the movie there's a scene where they're all in the uh King's Ming's like little courtroom and um they're talking about you know they're fighting each other and the the different races are having arguments and the other thing Greg mentioned was that the Ming dynasty's ruling was that the country of China was basically like a bunch of city states or nation states and they could they could fight each other back and forth and they would often go to war against each other and if they declared war on one another he wouldn't do anything but if an outside power declared war on one of them they would attack that power. So it seems like they had the same sort of government. Yeah. These different races were all, you know, jock, jock, jockeying for power. But if anybody had attacked the group of them, it would have been, you know, an all-out war with that one Interesting. entity. Hmm. hmm. Well, I mean, I'm looking at the, you know, those parallels. I mean, you look at um, 
some of the way that they did the statues and the the references to Ming himself. You look at it, and you can see the Asian Asian inspiration in the way that they did. Oh yeah, did the the carvings of the statues for the set. And talking about the sets, holy shit, the sets. They they just I, I how much money was spent on this film? Did we ever get a get a dollar oh. amount on Flash? Well, Gil, that's one thing I didn't look up. <laughs> it's uh, it actually looks better than Pluto Nash. So we'll, we'll say well, that about thirty five million. Ooh. That's a lot of money. Thirty-five million. Jeez, that really? seems. And nineteen eighty dollars. No, that that's doesn't like a seem billion. Right. That's, that's like a billion dollars. But that's what well, Google he... said, so it must be right. <laughs> yeah, that was, like thirty-five million. Twenty million in that. Twenty even twenty yeah, million still... in that year would be like what they spent on Avengers: Infinity War Part One. <laughs> yeah. That's. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'd love to see the the, the side by side of that, but it's. I mean, it just it's an exceptional amount of work they put into yeah. the sets because man, the sets and the costumes the together. And one thing I really enjoyed were the skies. They kind of look like lava yeah. lamps. And oh, at the yeah. beginning of the movie, they fly into that little vortex eye thing. I, I really. Well, that was all hand drawn, cool. wasn't it? I assume. I think I assume so. That was yeah, hand drawn effects. Didn't have that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it was just gorgeous. I mean, it was the the, the whole the, the backdrop. It was, well, it was just gorgeous. Did anybody? Did it? Was anybody else like just really excited that Goldface Skeletor was in this movie? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love that. And and Evil Lynn. Okay, so and Evil Lynn. So yeah. um, I'm trying to figure it out right now. So 20 million is. So basically, it's not as bad as we thought it was, but twenty million back then would calculate into sixty-two million nine hundred and fifty-four eight hundred and eighty-nine dollars and eighteen cents. Wow! So, hmm. and what did it do at the box office? I, I don't even remember if this was a hit or not. Well, it has an eighty-two percent on Rotten, so it's really, really popular <laughs> now. But I'm wondering what it did in the year that it was released. Yeah. Uh, Rotten for important movies, Rotten will actually reach back and pull reviews from the the older times too hmm. and so <laughs> the olden they times can, the, the, the far far away the, the far far away <laughs> the domestic gross for the movie was 27 million so <gasps> it hmm. made back what it took to make so that's good that's a domestic gross but it had an italian director which means it probably was out in europe too so right. it probably made its money back easily I would think it would have been uh, a popular movie at that time this sort of ostentatious very cool. One one thing I liked also about the set design and the costumes is that the the bright colors was very reminiscent of the comic book. You mean yes. gold that it was adapted from? <laughs> the right? color gold that it was Do adapted from. And was it gold? And there's gold everywhere, yes. and everything had gold, yes. and there were gold accents on the gold pieces. And I'm trying and to say something else too. <laughs> Lots of red too, and and, and fuchsia. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Lightning bolts. And... <laughs> no, go ahead, Levi. Well, I was just going to make a comparison to another uh, comic strip movie that I love, which is Dick Tracy. And that movie utilizes all of the sort of um, basic comic book colors you would see, like greens and yellows and blues and reds. Primary colors mixed in with just a few. um, What are they called? The ones across the circle from them? Complementary. Secondary complementary, yes. Yes. Complementary. So a very small palette. And I felt like this movie sort of did that as well and i like that because i think Absolutely. it evokes the uh, comic book aesthetic yeah i mean this this movie is what john connor of mars could have been if oh, it had been popular man 
if it had been good, let's put it that way. Because was, was, was it bad? I heard it was good. Ooh, and just no I one did went to not see it. like that movie at all. But then again, it, it didn't. So. It didn't have a rocking soundtrack by Queen. So, <laughs> and I'm just saying. I mean, uh, anything is helped by Queen's music. I mean, the <laughs> Highlander show kind of sucks, but we all have fond memories of it because <laughs> it starts off with that bitchin' Queen soundtrack. That's very and true. I gotta say the uh, <laughs> the um, dialogue in this movie is. A whole lot of fun they have plenty of double and triple entendres <laughs> but um one of my favorite exchanges is when um baron and the princess are escaping with zarkov and um i'm, I'm just gonna read it out here because i oh. wrote it in my notes <laughs> go ahead yeah, so they run up to now. a control panel and zarkov <laughs> yes. says they've changed the codes and baron says i've changed too aura and aura says i've changed too zarkov says Oh, it's okay. I think I can work it out. Baron, I love you. Will you marry me? Aura, I don't know. We'll try. Not now, Baron. Baron, you haven't changed. Aura, <laughs> if I'm not at the wedding, I'll be shot. And they sort of run off and Zarkov says, Oh, Whoa. I thought it was the prime numbers of the Zenith sequence. I haven't changed. That's just... Yeah, I, I, was gonna say, yeah. I was going to say that the, the exchange, it has a different beat in it though because you you said she goes she tells him to stop it he goes to kiss her as he said stop it and you know old timothy dalton would have like the later timothy dalton would have just slapped her in the face yeah yeah because that's what he does later in james bond or he would have threatened her with the boar worms and her response would have been not the boar worms (laughs) oh the one scene that just cracked me up was when um aura got thrown into the bedroom with um dale and oh, there are, and and it goes in, from a cat fight to suddenly they're being best friends and hugging each other. I'm just yeah. like, what? It's so just, weird. It, it was like they they <laughs> went mean, from being you know Alexis and Crystal from Dynasty to suddenly <laughs> yeah. you know Thelma and Louise. It was just, yeah, <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> And, and Dale gets one of the cooler scenes in the movie when she first breaks out of that little uh, area as, by poisoning the other woman. She comes out and she basically Metal Gear Solids this guard yeah. around a pole <laughs> until she can kick him. She takes his gun. She shoots another guy. No, takes no, no. His she gun. does a forward roll, comes oh, up and shoots yeah. the guy and then and takes his gun. And she also cartwheels between a bullet. <laughs> Like our laser blast. She went just suddenly She's all kinds of like GI Jane. It was awesome. Yeah, we were like, "Why is this movie not called Travel Agent or whatever her name is?" <laughs> <laughs> the remake is from Dale's perspective. That would. Oh be cool. wow, that's gonna that's gonna be really creepy when Ming does his whole "Let me trap you in energy and molest uh, you from across the way." Well, his own oh, yeah. daughter oh, tried to about- seduce him. Oh, that was so gross. So <laughs> well, she was so seducing gross. anything that had a penis. It looked like, including so. her father. Which yeah. I'm gonna reserve the right to be gross. And out I don't know. I thought she was gonna get it on with Dale a few times too. <laughs> yeah, so I that's mean, true. you know. <laughs> yeah. And and then and, and then like he also comes and fills that woman up while she's passed out. He picks the pillow up off her head and he's like, Oh, it's you. <laughs> like it's the wrong one. <laughs> oh, and the whole thing with the uh uh flying the ship and the the mind melding uh, communication oh, that they did. Oh, you mean the the, the oh, not make the, the 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 scene where like the single entendres, single entendres. <laughs> We're talking onion layer level entendres. <laughs> what do you mean? No, I'm saying they didn't have layers. <laughs> they oh were, my god, they no were just layers. entendres. Yeah, yeah they were. Surface level <laughs> <sexuality>. <laughs> 
Well, what killed me about that whole exchange was is like I, as as kind of creeped as I was about that whole the, of the, of the two of them getting touchy feely in the cockpit cockpit um, is the the exchange with Dale going say it again and he's like oh never mind that had me in stitches. That so is funny. The, yes. I gotta say the the pacing with that yeah. scene was hysterical. One of the ships is a giant penis. All the ships are a giant penis. But some Look of those are designs from the original um, series. That's very true. They, yeah. they brought in the designer from Alien. They're like, oh, you can make some of your phallic <laughs> stuff over here. All right, Giger, go crazy. I did feel that um, some of the ship designs and the way that um, that Flash was acting was probably some influence to the Zap Brannigan character in uh, oh, oh was it Futurama? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There actually is a shot of the ship coming through the cloud layer when that, at the end of the movie that it looks like the Planet Express ship. Very, oh, very man. much. Yeah. That sure shot, was a- though, was, was amazing. When I was a kid and he broke that, that, that cloud bank and he just doom, 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 yeah. doom, doom. Like, go Flash! I was yelling That's it with cool. Dale. Go Flash! <laughs> There's a lot of go flash. There's a lot of there's a lot of graffiti in this movie that's like hastily painted on walls between scenes. Yes, like you'll, they'll just cut to a scene like in jail, and it's like long live yeah. Flash. Who, Who the fuck wrote that? Yes. And then at the end of the movie, Flash has literally just killed Ming, and someone's already painted on the wall. Ming is dead. I'm like, who did that? When did they it's do the it? It's the royal graffitist. <laughs> graffiti. No, it's the midgets. It's the midget. It's the midgets. They the, did it. The, the midgets. Yeah, little guys. They did it. They took care of it. Are we supposed to say midget anymore? I forgot. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, yeah. now, great. Now you've got to fight with Dane Cook and everybody else and Canada. Now I got to fight with with. Uh, I the, didn't the bad mouth Canada. I just said they, they had different styles in there. You cu- you're you're just you're bad mouthing their styles, Justin. I'm just saying. Uh, oh man. Man, man, man. Yeah. Wait a second. Hold on. I just made a discovery in the cast list by scrolling through it. Robbie Coltrane is in this film. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I seeing his name and I don't remember him. who he was. It, he's he's credited as Man at Airfield. Awesome. Oh, he's the guy when they when they get on the plane. Oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Oh, I cannot believe I didn't catch that. Holy crap. There's so many well, names in this film. They're, they're at the fucking airport for 10 seconds before well, the plane true. takes off. True, 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 like true. in the first five minutes of this movie, a plane takes off, then crashes, then a rocket takes off, then crashes. <laughs> and like, like, that's the first act. And then after that, you're in the second act. And then like, it, it's the weirdest pacing I've ever seen. It's not bad pacing. It's not like it's Suicide Squad or something. It's just, it's just weird. I just Flash and Dale fall in love like... Immediately. Real quick. Yes. Real Dale, quick. Dale is probably the prettiest woman in this movie, though, so I wouldn't fault him for I that. But he know. was making eyes at everybody. I thought Ornella Muti was like, gorgeous. Oh. I just, I remember having yeah. kind yeah. of like a girl crush on her. And I thought she was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. When he's in the throne room at the beginning, she walks through and he's like, hey, what's going on over here? I'm like, dude, you're surrounded by aliens. You were just arrested and shot. <laughs> oh, not even that. Like the, the he was surrounded by alien, and then there was a death bot standing there, and they act like it's all chill. The Golden it's like Globe. That thing ju- yeah, the- <laughs> that thing just nuked a lizard man on the way in, and y'all are just going to act all casual. To be it? fair, that lizard man was doing a really bad job of sneaking through those hallways. <laughs> he was just like in the open, walking around. Didn't even check the corners, obviously, and then he got shot. You know. Well, he couldn't because his fangs were in the way. They were over his damn eyes. <laughs> and I just thought of solid gold dancers. It was just like they did the thing. They just started writhing on the floor. I'm like, oh, here we go. 
It's those people Roller from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Those gold people. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. Some people may not have seen it. Some um, people. Man. There's, there's uh, when they shoot the lizard man, by the way, it's like a Dalek beam. Like yeah. He just like disappears. <laughs> and Man, the effects. Something, Gil, I don't know if you noticed this, but did you notice the uh, helmet that Flash was wearing when he was getting whipped? That that sort of resembled another helmet in another movie that we watched? Judge Dredd? <laughs> no, like Judge no. Dredd? No, 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 no. Did was it the same style and look of the big uh, undead guy from uh, Gallowalkers? Yes, DDP. Oh, Diamond my Dallas God. Page were a similar. Wow. We need to watch Gallowalkers again. You can, no, you we can don't. watch it. You can watch We're it. We're not going to watch that movie again. That movie Wait. was a travesty. <laughs> That's the Wesley Snipes movie, right? <laughs> yeah. You, j- like, Justin, you go watch it. We'll give you. We'll give you five I, minutes at the top of one of the episodes. after like, go ahead and give your piece I, on it. I honestly like want to see something that's like, like a cinematic, just, just, just terrible, disgusting. Like, cause we've watched movies that are too good thus far. Like even Small Soldiers, <laughs> these movies are too good. Like we need to watch something that's just like. We'll get there. You know, I said cannibal, cannibal Holocaust. It was like, no, no. we are not <laughs> doing that. We'll have to. Uh, I, I would be okay with Manos Hands of Fate. Let's toss that out there. I would be Again, okay with Manos. I would be okay with Manos. We could do that. That's one. my that's my tenth watch of Manos. <laughs> hey, you know, lucky ten. <laughs> well, um, get, getting back to Flash, though, um, <clears throat> I got to say that the of the characters, I felt that Zoltan and Ming were. And this is not to the degradation of anyone else in the film because they were they were great. They were fun. I don't feel there were any wooden performances. I think they were all very fun. I think everybody was in their character and very comic book. But those two, Ming and Zoltan, were the best of that film. I loved watching Max von Sydow just slime into a scene and just be gross looking, you know, and just be be I am Ming. It was awesome to see him in in what. I, I consider his prime at that point. I mean, he just looked like he had command yeah. of everything. He exuded the fact that he was Emperor Ming. Well, this yep. was a um, a um, um, project. What's the phrase I'm trying to look for? A project of love, a um, labor, labor of love. Labor Thank of love. you. Ugh, words. Um, <laughs> he took on the role because he grew up watching the original serial. And so he jumped at the chance to play Ming. So this was something, a role That's he so really, cool. really wanted to play. And you can tell. You can yeah, totally you can tell, tell this. And it makes the movie yeah. so much better that there is such a quality actor in that role. Because that role could be very Needed. goofy. It could have been, been, been very bad wooden. in the wrong well, hands. Go look at yes. the Buster Cra- go, let's be honest. Go look at the Buster Crab one from the, the, the old 50 serial. And yeah, that <laughs> Ming was not nearly as good. I, 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 like, I like that. I liked Ming a lot. I was going to ask, uh, who was the execute? Who was the security head guy? The guy who was like Clytus? in the gold mask, Clytus. Yeah, Peter Wingard that was. Yes, and I'm trying to think of what else he's been in. He sounded like Skeletor. Like you were right. <laughs> oh, I guarantee you. When we that's a movie we need to actually watch is oh. the um, the Dolph Lundgren He Man. I'm down. Um, but oh, that would be amazing. But the idea is, should... I, I, I really think that. That version of him was the inspiration for the Frank Langella version of Skeletor. I think there's too many similarities. Now. Yeah, as well we, as we Eva Lynn. Actually, I mean, she looks exactly yeah. the same as Eva Lynn. Just, just spot on the hair, the hairdress, the covered up to the neck, mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, it, it's Evil Lynn, by the way. It's, it's yeah. spelled oh. exactly like the word Evil Evil Lynn. Yeah. What was I saying? <laughs> you said Evelyn, like it was oh, a name. Evil Lynn. That's evil my Lynn. accent. No, he knows. Yeah. 
No, no, no. He knows her personally. That's what, he gets to call her that because they're friends. I mean, I don't know. No, if I, didn't not, I didn't. I did not realize. Yeah, no, that. no. Levi, Levi's an attorney, and that's why he's able to come on this podcast. Attorney, don't, you don't know. You don't listen to the note. Have you ever listened say, to our um, podcast? Don't you know who he about is? Attorney in history. No, <laughs> no, and I never will. I was going to say that um, that they we need to do a uh, a, a Dolph London movie like that movie, and then we also need to do a movie with uh, Grace Jones like back to back since they were married and have a kid and all that. Stuff, that would like, be just, that would be fun. Oh, yeah. wow. What to that, that up? That sounds like a that great is, idea. That is hands down the weirdest relationship <laughs> in Hollywood history. Yeah, because Grace Jones was, period is just the best. They are terrifying people they are <laughs> no halls barred terrifying oh there used to be a bit oh on in God. living color where one of them walked around being grace jones like on a first date it's like <laughs> alligator <laughs> i want some alligator i'm shocked they were brave enough to do that like i'm shocked that they what, were did she didn't show she, up and eat them because she hit it she like choked a newscaster one time she's bad yeah, grace, really grace was is. insane but fun but fun she, yeah. was, she was great her, her her performances in uh in james bond are amazing like <laughs> she's making tiger sounds all the time like or her performances in conan uh, she's in conan oh yeah my friend oh, yeah. i didn't know that oh yeah she is next to, to wilt the stilt chamberlain we need to watch that one <laughs> yeah yeah that happened uh, I'm sorry we got so far off. So oh, far off base, welcome to from the Bone Vault. I, I uh, think uh, I think Flash's chin reminded me of Lundgren, which is like we. Oh, there yeah, you go. Totally. Now, did he well, play I mean, the it, husband in Ten? Is was that his small role? Sam Sam J Jones was in Ten, and I uh, did not look 10. it up to see. No, What's we're getting in, we're getting outside of territory. I'm familiar with. That's the one with uh, Bo Derek and Bo Derek and Braves. Dudley Moore. He was David Hanley. Um, uh, and Bo Derek was Jenny gotta, Hanley. So I was about to say, we're getting into Gil's got to go yeah. to IMDb to find out what I we're think, talking about territory. I think she might know more than us about movies and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, is, is, is there anything else uh, that you guys want to point out about the film? I mean, any other scenes that really stood out that, that we haven't covered, things you want to talk I mean, I think we really hit a... a, a vast majority there's so many other things though there's the 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 in the tree world there's the big stump where they're putting their hands in and they're getting you know, oh god one guy gets killed Which, and, yeah the stump game was funny to me because just put your hand in the hole the other guy put his hand there but you know and then timothy dalton changes the rules halfway through it oh he was just calvin balling over there he's like um <laughs> oh, put our hand calvin in this one and then now you go again and then i don't go and then you go again <laughs> like what and then you put your junk in and then we all laugh <laughs> Yeah, that, was, that was the first thing I said. Put your balls in this hole. And, then... <laughs> and I did think that um, it's not necessarily about the movie, but I always wonder in movies, especially uh, sort of films like this, if they how they influenced other films. And something that I noticed was that um, sometimes, uh, what was her name? Dale, the lead female. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. she reminded me of the Willie Scott character in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, yes. the, yes. Lost Ark, yes. uh, the Temple of Doom. Uh, uh, Temple, uh, of, Doom. Temple and, yeah. of Doom, yes. Right. And Indiana Jones was inspired Man, yeah. by serials and, and this type of movie. So I, I, I was wondering the, the as I was hair, watching this if the, Willie's the look reaction and to things. act. Yeah. yeah. To, to, be, to be honest, those serial stock characters are pretty much what you're drawing from. So they would be similar. Right. But, but, what's, what's, but, you but she looks like, like her. Like her, like her dress. Yeah. Her, her, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of her mannerisms, too. Uh, mm-hmm. but, what's, what's good about yeah. 
Oh, oh well, Dale in the serial, though, is a little more of a damsel in distress. Um, exactly. Yeah, I, I liked in the movie that they, you know, they gave her some guts because she, mm-hmm. she brings up a couple of times that she's a New York girl. And back then, New York was a much rougher place than it yes. is now. So that might right. be lost yeah. on people just seeing this for the first time. Yeah, this but, was 1980. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. that yeah. would have been a really rough the, New York. That was the height of dangerous New right. York. I was <laughs> going to say the other thing is that she doesn't ever scream. Yeah. Like, there's never any of her just screaming and being dragged away or whatever. Right. She'll speak she or yell fights. the fuss. Yeah. yeah. She's awesome. She, With her words was, in her fist. She's she had like four, like like four or five minutes of her being in a Die Hard movie. She's stealing guns <laughs> yeah, and running around. That was an amazing and, scene. Oh, and even her being the cheerleader, it wasn't like this. Ready? Okay. That was, it was mm-hmm. just come on, you know, just you know, like is, she'd be up in the stands. Yeah. It was really cool. <laughs> that whole foot, that whole football scene, we glossed over that, and that that is probably one of the most telling things <laughs> in this movie. I love that scene. Is that they throw him an egg? Yeah. <laughs> And he just starts playing football. And for some reason, these guards aren't carrying guns, even though they're presumably royal guards. Yeah. And no, so they had no weapons. They had these no guys weapons. were just coming through and pummeling him. And Ming is sort of suggesting, should we kill him? Or oh, I'll let him just embarrass my guard for a few more minutes because it's kind of funny. Yeah, he and was then, entertained. And then the other thing is when they take him away and they go to execute Flash, they strip him out of all his clothes. And I was like, I like Flash's chest hair where it's just like just between the nipples. There's no other chest hair. It's like just between the nipples his, and sort of up and down. You mean his chest toupee? No, I, that, was, that was chest hair. Like he just shaved around his nipples. It was like, okay. <laughs> Justin's preferred look. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You don't and, see chest hair in movies anymore. When people take their shirts off, they're always just like baby chested. And yeah. It's weird. Oh, yeah, well, you yeah. know, that's that's actually a good point. You don't. You actually used like, to have like like, like 70s and 80s. Like you look at Tom Selleck and like him having that big, you know, burly chest hair and like Magnum P.I. with that little V of chest the hair. The beaches. Was like a, that was a thing. It was like Blanca. It was like, it was like Blanca, Blanca or something. Blanca. Just, Blanca. Get the fuck out. Blanca. But, but, but seriously, like, if you look at, like, Twilight, how many shirtless dudes are in Twilight? Nobody has chest hair. And they're no. werewolves. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. think I don't think Jacob has his shirt on more than five minutes in the third movie. And it's just so he can rip it off. I mean, but he's at, he's at a wedding and he has his shirt on at that point. But it's like. Eh. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but it, it really I mean, you're, you're actually I mean, it just it's hilarious. But that's actually a really good point. It was a sex symbol of the See, 80s was that look. Yeah. Things that existed back then that don't exist now. Chest, Chest hair, hair, pubic hair. Um, Stop. Um, whatever kind of hair gel Flash Gordon had in, his hair didn't move. He was in a swamp. Hair <laughs> That's fine. true. Well, but that's he, that's hero bubble. He had a hero <laughs> it's, bubble it's around him. It's the same hair sure gel Legolas That was some exactly. serious Aquanet right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let's do this then. We're, 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 getting, uh, we're getting close to the, uh, to the hour mark here, so I want to give everybody time to kind of give their, their rounded thoughts about it. Um, so... Let's just go. Uh, uh, first off, Levi, what'd you think, buddy? My thing overall, overall the film. I'm sorry, you cut out. No, you're you're overall of the film. Oh, overall of the film. Um, yeah, I really love this film, and um, a, a big part of it is the Queen soundtrack because, as I said before, the they are my favorite band. But it's just so much fun, and I feel like. Nowadays, it's hard to find a lot of movies that are just balls to the wall and fun and have this sort of aesthetic where everything just looks so ornate and futury in a, you know, 1970s, 1980s kind of way. It's just fun to look at. And the one-liners, there are so many. I had a bunch written down, but I'm not going to say all of them just because 
they're so much fun and they're they're said with such authority from the actors who say them and that's it it's just a fun movie for me and i like it absolutely all right justin what have you got um, the movie I mentioned fun. The movie is a lot of fun, and the only thing I can think of that compares to it now is a lot of good movies now. But the the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are actually similar in Agreed. tone. They're, yep. Agreed. They're very fun, and the only complaint I can make about them now is that they should have had this Flash Gordon, uh, you know, esque space vibe. They should have gone more that route with it and made it a little crazier because this is just fun to watch. Like things don't make much sense. Like there's windows on the spaceship that can just be opened. Like just <laughs> And and there's no care for the science of it all. Like they don't really try to explain anything. There's to. no there, there's no techno yeah. battle. Like they get in a rocket, they fly into a wormhole, and they appear on another planet. None of that makes sense. But they don't they don't even try to say it should. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. And that's fun. I think that the acting is surprisingly good for what is got to be one of the most goofy scripts um, <laughs> out there. And then it's it's well directed. It's got an amazing soundtrack. It's uh, colorful. Like Alex watched the I mean, Alex is three. He watched the first half hour of this movie with no problem wow. because it was the colors and you know the sound. So I mean, I, I had a lot of fun watching it. That's awesome. All right, Karen, what have you got for us? Well, first of all, a shout out to the wedding scene that ranks up there with the Princess Bride. I mean, that is an <laughs> yes. awesome wedding scene. I just that's probably my favorite part of the whole movie. Um, <laughs> But one of the things I really love about it is the actors, um, trying to do remember um, some of the things I read about it once before, a long time ago, that they knew that they had a camp classic on their hands, but they had to play it straight in order for that to work. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of self-directing with that as well. Um, and that comes through. It's if they had tried to be over the top and campy, this I don't think it would have worked. So I think that the straight mm-hmm. performances really worked again max von Sydow was amazing in this movie and um so i watched it with my 13 year old niece two weeks ago and she loved it and so this is another watch? generation who is watching this now and loved it was it her first watch of the film yes yes she had never seen it before that's amazing that's cool that's the best oh i'm so glad that this podcast was able to get I, somebody introduced I, to this film I'm glad you said that about camp, too, because that's something really important that, like, when camp works best, when you play it straight. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, for me, I mean, I think you guys really hit every every high point I was going to. The I mean, the only other comment I can make is, is this movie was one of the groundwork bonding experiences for me and my sisters. When this movie comes on, when we talk about this, we could be at a family get together and one of them will yell across flash. And without fail, one of the other three of us will go "Ah!" (laughs) on cue, on cue with it. And we just, we love this film, love this soundtrack. And this is, this is part of our family. This is why we're the weird, goofy people we are. Um, so uh, I, as far as Nim is concerned, Nim watching this film, uh, secretly Nim loves this film and he has a, a shrine to Timothy Dalton in his bedroom that he doesn't tell anybody about. Um, just saying. Uh, it was originally uh, uh, Ming, but um, yeah, you can't, you can't get over Timothy Dalton's hair. Uh, so <laughs> I think with that, guys, um, we'll put the nail in the coffin on this one and uh, call it a wrap. Uh, again, amazing film. I'm so glad I got to do this with you guys. Yes. Karen, thank you so thank you, Karen. much oh, for making so the time to come out and do you. this with us. 
this was yeah, you have to come you have to come back for i don't know what else we're going to oh, be doing but for sure there's probably yeah, tons something. of other films out there we will we'll, we'll plan it out but we'll have karen back guys sure. absolutely um so uh remember guys all roads lead back to midnight lair if you want more content from this creepy crew you can always find it at www.midnightlayertv.com midnightlayershow.com ah, i did it again midnightlayershow.com uh levi if they want to hit us other places on the world wide web how do they do that well gil if you would like to email us you can email us at from the bone vault at gmail.com we're also on twitter and instagram at bone vault one word Excellent. Or hexlin, as I occasionally say when I remember. (laughs) Um, Real quick, let's go down the line. Uh, Levi, anything you want to plug? Yes. As a matter of fact, I just launched a a YouTube series called Garage Movie Reviews, where I review movies in my garage. And I review movies that I own that are in my collection. So I know them really well and I have a lot of fun with them. So if you want to hear me talk about movies more, you can go to garagemoviereviews.com or search for Garage Movie Reviews on YouTube. And they are excellent, guys. You'll enjoy that a lot. Justin, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, my Twitter account is at CTK86, and I'm at Lens of Justin on Instagram. I also just like wanted to acknowledge, since this is probably not going to come out for maybe a week or so, that uh, we did lose a musician today. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I'm a little yeah. younger than Gil and Levi, but they were like a big part of uh, growing up for me and several of my friends. So Chester Benningfield. Um, from the band Lincoln Park. Uh, you are sorely going to be missed. Yeah. Rest in peace, Chester. Uh, and that's all for me. Excellent. Karen, anything you'd like to plug at the bottom of the show here? Um, yes. Again, I do voiceovers and I do drop the accent when I'm doing commercials. <laughs> My Twitter account is Voices Karen. That's C A R Y N. And also, I have a couple of shows coming up at the Station Theater in Houston, and uh, I will be appearing in Magical Lying Hour. I don't know the dates Ooh. yet, but check the events page and uh, look for my, na- my name. Absolutely, absolutely. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks again, and uh, as always, I'm Gil, and I'm Levi, and I'm Justin. I'm Karen. Stay scary, everybody. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, well. Who wants to live forever? <laughs> Wrong queen. Hey, it's in the movie.